Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. As the season enters the final straight and following the 1-0 defeat to Accrington Stanley, Derek Adams has conceded defeat to Doncaster Rovers in the League 2 title race. So to discuss those comments and joining me to look back on the weekend's events are Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Hi guys. Hi Stu. Uh, well, Baron, I'll start with you. Um, I saw that you wrote about uh, Derek Adams' comments at the weekend. Is mm. the title race over as far as you, you're concerned? Yeah, well, when, we, um, when the match finished and... Um you look at the Doncaster result from earlier in the day. It, it felt it felt like a message they were sending. You know, they were laying the gauntlet down. You know, this is this is what we're going to do. Are you going to try and follow um, follow suit? And Argyle failed to do so. So I, I think when um, when Derek came out and conceded it, I think when he says it, he's not going to say it lightly. So I think you you do sort of take him at his word. And you look at the table. You know, it's six points seven if you if you look at the goal difference. With six matches to go, and Doncaster Rovers simply don't lose that many games over the course of the season. So, I think you would have to say the maths would make it look as if it is over. Um, I can't see Argyle winning all six and Doncaster losing half of what they've got left. Chris, is it over for you? Yes, I think it probably is. Hats off to Doncaster. I think Barron's absolutely right to to bounce back the way they did and beat. Uh, and, and they went to Grimsby, which is a local derby by all accounts. A fair bit of rivalry between those two clubs. Grimsby scored first, you know, Caesar Dow could have crept in, lost to Argyle, now losing to Grimsby in a local derby, so for them to come back and win 5-1, that was a real, a real statement of intent, and yeah, I think, I, I can't see Doncaster losing enough games for, for Argyle to catch up. See, it's interesting, because when I read the comments, my immediate thought was, Derek's playing the old mind games trick again. Do you think that's fair? Or? I think, yeah, I've written to you, Chris, in the post-match, no, he, he seems quite, frontly, mm. quite straight about it, doesn't he? It, with the goal difference at seven points, seven that, points in six yeah, games is is, an, is it's going to take a lot of catch, mm. going to take a lot of catching. It, you know, it's not mathematically impossible. Of course, it isn't. You know, if, if Argyle win the last six games, they might well win the title. But you know, I, I can't see Doncaster sticking up. That was a very impressive response. Yeah, I, 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 I just felt from Derek's comments, he was like maybe just trying to put that seed of. Uh, not doubt so much, but you know, kind of opposite to that, really. Yeah, the the sense know. that Doncaster might now believe that they've done it, and coming off a back of a defeat, a disappointing defeat at home to Accrington, I, I think you know, if he'd come out and said, "Yeah, we're still in the league title, to, league two title race," I, I don't think people would have taken that very seriously at all. So, um, no, I mean, you know, hats off to Doncaster. Like he wanted to wake the players up, didn't it? He felt like he yeah. wanted to say, "Look, you know, you're not going to win the title now, but if you don't book your ideas up at this rate, we could get very, very tight for third and fourth." Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't disagree with that either as well. I think you know let's you know let's just concentrate on on the automatic promotion, yeah. and uh, you know let's put the title title race to the side. If you know with a game to go, it's there, fantastic, great. But you know let's get over the finish line, and uh, yeah, I think that was one of the messages that you know we're near the end. 
it's in sight, it's still within reach, you know, let's make sure we knuckle down and, and, and finish in the top. Yeah. top Interesting. In second. Interesting what you say there, Baron, because uh, Michael Wonderly sent a question in saying, why are our goals struggling at home right now? By all accounts, they weren't particularly great on Saturday. And no, they um, could have I, no propensity to it. I'm one of these people who does go to either over the spectrum. I either come off the back of a match and I'm delighted <laughs> and sort of oozing confidence about how good Argyle are, or I come off it thinking, I can't remember, I don't remember how Argyle actually ever scored a goal. They were so bad, but. Um, no, I, I, on Saturday, I don't think Saturday was absolutely appalling. I think the Knox County and, and Blackpool games, I came away feeling far, far darker and far more miserable about. I don't think Saturday was terrible. They certainly weren't good enough to win. I mean, it wasn't a, a performance worthy of, of any sort of title uh, or championship. Um, but to answer Michael's question, why are Argyle struggling at home right now? I mean, I, I think everybody would love to know the answer to that. I think it's, it's very difficult um, to put your finger on. Chris and I discussed it a little bit, and I'm sure Chris has his own thoughts as well. And Perhaps with this group of players that Adams has put together, there are going to be limits, aren't there, to full division footballers? And maybe I think the phrase I used earlier was flip the switch. I mean, that they're a team that does well away from home. Their tactics suit uh, away matches. They suit playing teams that come at them. You can't then send the same eleven players out at home park where the onus is on the home side to push forward and say, throw out what you've done away from home and play this way now. Arguably in a different formation as well. So. I think possibly it's just this particular group of players in this particular season are better suited to playing away from home. I mean, maybe it's as simple as that. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I, th- I think that's right. I think the the way the team's set up and the way that they play, they are better suited away from home. I mean, let's consider if they beat uh, Crawley on Saturday uh, in Sussex, they'll um, set a new club record for the most away league wins in the season. That's, that would be uh, that would be a fine achievement, and they are struggling at home. I think football has changed in recent years, and teams are very good at defending when they're away from home. They're very well drilled, organised, make it difficult for the home team. And it's not maybe as it was twenty or thirty years ago, where teams generally got most of their points at home. I mean, I was looking at the um, the stats before we recorded this and. I think we would all agree that Argyle are struggling at home right now. But if you look at the table, there's only two teams in the division who have won more home league games than Argyle this season. Doncaster on 13 and Colchester on 12. And then Argyle are on 11 with Portsmouth and Stevenage. So, although it's clear that four defeats out of six at home is, is poor, they're still joint third best home league record. So, I think that shows that maybe in the old days, if, if you won... 15 or 16 home league games, that was almost like, for a promotion team, that was expected. Now, I'm not sure you necessarily have to do that. Teams are better when they're away from home. So, I I think, as Baron finished off there, I just think this this team, this group of players, is better suited to playing away from home. Yeah, it brings us nicely on to Dave Searle's question. Mm. He's saying, are are Argyle predictable at home, four defeats out of six? I guess, Baron, it comes back to what you're saying about the two, you know, you can't play the same way at yeah. home as you can away. If you're a counter-attacking team, it's going to be hard to get results yeah, out I think I think their results are unpredictable, given that, you know, they're, as Chris has said, they've actually, comparatively to the rest of the division, got a pretty solid home record. So, you go into the match thinking they're as likely to win as they are to lose or draw, but... Um, in terms of their style of play, I think they are fixed. Well, yes, I think it's very rare for, for Derek to start a match 
in a variant of the 4-2-3-1 with one man up front and the board come forward quite a lot and the front man is expected to knock it down for the on-running attacking midfielders so yeah it does feel very predictable at home to be honest. Should he then, Derek Adams, should he perhaps look then at different ways of playing at home because I mean he's got a pretty big squad there there's a lot of players that aren't being used I mean Craig Tanner's a name that gets thrown about quite a lot and when Tanner was playing earlier in the season I guess that's when our goal Chris, Chris there, addressed that with, with Derek on Saturday Derek, Derek, it felt as if Derek was aware of that question from the wider area and said he actually without prompt said I've tried to up front hmm. people will say you could have tried this you could have tried that but he tried to up front there was he, no, there was no he, difference he tried about three or four different formations. We had three yeah. at the back for a spell. We had yeah. wing backs. But we... should he do it from the start? Because he's, he's kind of changing it in game, isn't yeah. he? He's not gone out and started with that. that the problem the wing backs, backs, isn't it? That, that's the, the next step. Again, sort of partly playing devil's advocate. But you know, before the Accrington game, they picked ten points from, up from four, the previous four games. They just won at Doncaster. Um, and Derek Adams is definitely a manager that sticks with a winning side. And, um, me personally. Just personally, I'd probably have Ryan Taylor up front instead of Jimmy Spencer to start off with. But you know, I, I, a lot of managers tend to stick with a winning side. Um, it, the, the results in the games before Accrington have been good. Um, were the performances great? No, but again, it all comes back to this counter-attacking style. Um, and look at the Doncaster Rovers games. You know, everyone saw that on the TV and said Argyle played poorly, but that was how Argyle play away from home and have done so well. So. Um, I just think it's very difficult in, in what is the fourth division of English football to say we're going to have this, these tactics away from home, this is how we're going to play, and it works, and then you come back to home park and you say well, we're going to do something completely different, and to expect teams to flip between one and the other, I'm not sure it's totally realistic. Um, yes, you've got to be able to have... Um, subtle changes during games and things like that and sometimes that will work sometimes it won't work but um, I'm, I'm not sure there's too many teams that, that have one style of play at home and then completely change the other way around Paul Sturrock talked well, about I was, it I was going to say Paul Sturrock we talked about sports mm. the other night Sturrock used to say about mm. going away he, mm. he did have a different system yes. playing away from home yeah and it's had to say for me because it makes me feel very old that's 15 <laughs> years ago and I, 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 I am a believer that things have changed in football and I think if you look at most leagues there's a lot of teams with decent away records um, I mean not being funny look at Exeter got a fantastic away record this season um, I think teams when they go away from home are really well drilled Team, all te- I mean are Argyle predictable yes but I think most teams are predictable to a, to a, a, a great extent um, they all do video analysis they all know about the opposition you know, there's very, I think there's very rare a manager in League Two will go into a game and be surprised by what the opposition have done. I mean, look at Derek Adams. He talked, uh, you know, quite um, gave Accrington a lot of praise before the game. He knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he sent out that team in that formation on Saturday, not realising how Accrington were going to play. Accrington didn't do anything different than he would have expected. Fair play, I thought they played they played well. They looked a good side, Accrington. They're a very underrated side, I think. Fair underrated. They did a good job. Um, but yes, Argyle have got a, a style of play that the manager sticks in. Is it worth changing now in the last couple of home games? That is the, the point that Derek Adams has got to, to consider. Yeah, uh, John Day sent a very interesting comment in saying Argyle will almost certainly limp over the line, probably in third place. So he's uh, not too optimistic. 
Uh, but let's face it, this team is not a patch on Paul Sturrock's League 2 Championship side of 2003. There are no wingers who can beat their defender, no goal-scoring forwards, shaky at the back, and a manager who doesn't change things to good effect if things don't go well. If our goal go up, they'll struggle unless Derek Adams signs some quality and just win when did our goal last dominate a game. Quite recently, in the first half of Morecambe, they absolutely battered Morecambe. They, didn't, they should have scored two or three goals in that first half, so I'd say that's the last time they dominated a game, which isn't that long ago. And that was at home. Mm. I mean, limping, limping over the line... Look at Accrington, you know, they lost, they got beaten by, by, by a decent side, but they, they, they picked up 10 points from the four games before that. That's, that's not limping. Um, I can't foresee the future as much as anyone else. They may limp over the line, they may not, who knows. But, you know, I, I, I think the recent form hasn't been too bad. Are they playing brilliantly? No, but at this stage in the season, it's about results. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, you, 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 you can't tell me... Uh, I'd much rather Argyle win one 0 than play a fantastic game that ends up three three. You know, it's about getting results. The team is not a patch on um, Paul Sturrock's League Two Championship side of 03. Well, that team won a league, Chris. Didn't well, it? So well it's, that it's was. Not going to be a patch and game, assuming uh, I'm not sure, is I'm not sure if John's referring to the team that was in the, this division now, yeah. which was in 0102, yeah. or the team that, that was basically Paul Sturrock's team in 0304. I suspect 0102. Um, no, the one the team in 0102 won a, well, got 102 points. Yeah. They but were then, they were an exceptional side, and you know, let's be honest, there's not that many teams that win a league with 100 plus points these days. So they're not a patch on that side. The record suggests that, that the team in, in 0102 was better. So that's that's true. No, that, no, that, no, that said though, Chris, I mean, when when you compare it, that team didn't have goal scoring forwards. No, no, well, that's, that's, I was going to you know go through the points. There's no wingers who can beat the defender. Matt Kennedy is capable of beating defenders. He needs to play better than he has done the last couple of games. And I've certainly seen Jake Jervis. I'm not saying he's a natural winger, but Jake Jervis is more than capable of going past players on, on out wide. Um, no goal scoring forwards. That's true. It's been true all season. Um, but you know the team that won in 0102 that uh, that John's referring to. You know top goal scorer was a centre back, Graham Cochran with 11. You don't have to have goal-scoring forwards, if the team is functioning properly. If you've got Matt Kennedy and Jake Jervis or Craig Tanner or whoever it is, you know, getting out wide, getting forward, supporting the lone strike with a carry in behind, then, you know, there's no reason why that won't lead to goals. Shaky at the back, I think you know... Harsh. I mean, Sonny Bradley's in the team of the year. Yeah, so I mean, Sonny Bradley's done, done, done well. Poor goals are conceded on Saturday. They, they have conceded some poor goals, but generally their defensive record, I haven't checked that one out, but their defensive record's one of the better better ones in the division. Manager who can't change things, he changed things loads of times on Saturday. You know, I mean, like I say, there was three or four different formations. To good effect, didn't work on Saturday. Sometimes you make changes, they work. Sometimes they don't in football. You're not guaranteed every single game, even, you know, your Guardiola's, your Klopp's, people like that. They're not always going to get substitutions and, and, and get them to work. If Argyle go up, they'll struggle unless they're out on some, some quality. Well, when you get promoted, it's unusual for teams not to try and add some quality um, to the squad. Um, so, you know, you know I, I understand fun, fans' frustration. Um, and when things aren't going well, they get frustrated. And is this team the greatest Argyle team that's ever been? No, of course it isn't. But they're, they're having a good season. There's six games to go, and they're ten points clear of fourth place. That gap could get swallowed up, but I can't see into the future. I don't know. But um, 
I don't think it's quite as bad as, as John's painting it, but that's just my opinion, and John's opinion is yeah. equally uh, equally valid. Uh, Baron, Rob Beefle has sent a question in saying, why do Argyle concede early and start second half so slowly? I guess that was the case on Saturday, conceding after after eight minutes. Yeah, Have you noticed that at all? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent enough point. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think they, they always concede, concede early, early. I mean, um, Saturday was obviously pretty early inside 10 minutes, and it was just a really, really limp set piece that was just not properly defended at all. I mean, Jordan Clark is three foot nothing and, he, and he's leapt into the air between two defenders and, he, and, he's, and he's glanced one in it, this problem seems to rear its head doesn't it at, at the wrong moments it's, um, set pieces seem to have been the, the undoing this year so uh, I don't know why they concede early or, or start second half slowly if they do I mean that's it's quite, um, quite a difficult question to answer really um, they didn't get going in the second half on Saturday I mean that's what led to the triple substitution in the 56 minute wasn't it Baron? Yeah. They, they started the second half and they were going nowhere it's hard to know why though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard yeah. to put your finger on why. I mean, mm. the... I don't know, maybe, maybe maybe at home you notice it more because the fans do get restless quite quickly. And I did notice that on Saturdays, that they do get restless quite quickly. And I noticed that against Notts County and Blackpool as well, which are far worse performances. And I think if they're conceding early, maybe it's because the crowd gets on the back too early and therefore their heads go down or they start making more mistakes because they're aware they're not playing particularly well and the crowd aren't happy so maybe that's a theory as to why they, they struggle early on because the crowd don't give them a chance to play their way into the game yeah. uh, Another interesting point we've had um, Gary Miller and Jimmy Spencer they've come in for a lot of criticism from uh, yeah. fans we've certainly had a lot of questions sent in to, to the podcast this week regarding those two players um, what do you make of the decision to play Pharrell Cole at left back instead of Sawyer and Spencer ahead of Ryan Taylor who seems to be doing extremely well in starting games recently. Michael Eddy took the time out to send us a very lengthy yeah. uh, comment piece, which is really uh, uh, quite an interesting read, actually. And he feels that Argyle should go back to playing Pharrell Cole at right-back and Sawyer at left-back. Do you think that's kind of what Argyle needs to do, is go back to what they were doing so well earlier in the season? Perhaps. perhaps. I, I asked Derek directly last Tuesday um, when he did a, a press call about um, the left-back and forward positions. Uh, and, and he said it's because... When they came in, they took their chances. You know, Gary Sawyer and Ryan Taylor both took injuries away at Mansfield Town, lost their places in the side. And Derek's good enough to show faith in those players it gives a chance to. I think that's important in terms of their relationship as a manager and a player, them knowing they may have to wait for their chance. But if and when they get it, they take it, he'll show faith in them and keep them in, which I think is why uh, those two particular positions have stayed the way they are. I, I think there will be changes next weekend. I think um, we may well revert back to the throw goal at right back, sorry at left back, and, and Taylor may well come back in. Um, so yes, I think I think we may well see changes inside. But like, like Chris says, I think it goes back to the fact that he doesn't like to change your winning side, uh, and he shows faith in his players. I think when they when they do take their chances. Yeah, Chris, do you see many changes on, on Saturday? No, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Throw goal at right back, Sawyer at left back, uh, Taylor up front. Maybe Song will come into the. Uh, into the midfield. Derek Adams, as I said before, he sticks generally with a winning team. They didn't win on Saturday. Performance wasn't great. I'd be surprised if there wasn't two or three changes at Corey. Yeah, uh, Mike Day sent a question and saying, if teams are doing a job, according to Derek Adams, why do Argyle play the same way each week? All Stoke's promotion teams had an away team and a home team. I guess we've kind of touched we on that of, already, yeah, really. Why so do they play the same way each week? Again, I just, I just think that that's their style of play yeah. it's served them pretty well let's be honest I mean they're second in the table with 75 points from 40 games um, why do they play the same way if they're in mid-table and they're playing the same way 
each week, then I, I can I can see it. Um, who's to say what's going to happen in the final six games? But if you'd offered an Argyle fan at the start of the season, their team would be second in the table with 75 points from 40 games. S- something in the way that Argyle are playing is working, isn't it? Yeah, now, they've lost on Saturday and everyone's a bit twitchy about what's going to happen in the last six games. But trying to look at it objectively as a, as a, as a journalist and, and not a fan... It's worked pretty well this season, you know, and is now the time to sort of panic and revert to something different when you're so close to the finish line? I think, I think we're nitpicking, aren't we? I think the natural disposition of, of, of people as football fans is that we always like to see a little bit better, don't we? There's always yeah. something we want to pick up on. And I think at the end of the day, like Chris says, if you look at it objectively and take a step back, you would think on the balance of probability, Argyle are going to get promoted and any side that gets promoted... And there hasn't been many of them at our teams. Deserves more praise and criticism. And mm. I think off the back of a, a like you say, a fairly sort of twitchy result on Saturday, we're trying to pick up on a few things just for the sake of talking about it or just for the sake of, of, of whinging about it. I don't mm. think it's actually as bad as we're all making out at all. I, I totally agree. I, I, I've said it before on the podcast, I do get the sense from Argyle fans that there is this, and I can understand why, you know, they are a big club for League Two and there is this desperation to get out of League Two, especially after what's happened over the last couple of years as well. So as soon as they have a defeat, there is like this almost moral panic. Stu, yeah. you, know, you must have just read my column that I'm halfway through writing <laughs> at the moment because uh, you've just um, said what, what I've said. And I, I do think there's, there is this overwhelming desperation for Argyle to get out of League yeah. 2. And it's, it, it's understandable, but you've got you've to earn it. And, yeah. and, and you know, uh, it's, it's down to the players and the manager and the fans, I think, in the last six games to like be one united force and go to Crawley, go to Portsmouth and get, get the results they need. Yeah, well, it's interesting because we've actually had some uh, questions sent in off the, off the back of what we've just been talking about there. One or two fearing that Argo would drop out of the playoffs complete, uh, would drop out of the promotion picture and into the playoffs again. So, is there any reason to worry or do you think they just need to calm down a bit? I right? think they just need to calm down a little bit. I mean, if you, if you, if you look at the maths, I think Stevenage haven't got a particularly easy running and I think they would have to win, win five of their six and Argo would have to all, all but lose all of their six. I, I just can't see it happening. I think the only change there will be is whether Argyle finish second or third. For me, personally, my opinion, it would be second or third for Argyle. Yeah. Uh, Rachel sent the question in. Do you find that no matter what Argyle do, some fans will be never happy? <laughs> Chris Harrington's column answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I understand fan, fans' anxiety and you know they want to see their team do well and want to see them get promoted and all that. Um, like I say, they are second in the table. You know, yeah. with six games to go, I think what the what the team need is the fans getting behind them. The football devil end, you know, we're, we're good on Saturday, yeah, trying to push them on, Saturday, trying to push them on in the second half, and and that's what they need. And if yeah. they if everyone sticks together, they'll be fine. Uh, just one final point on this. Yeah. Then Dan Whelan's asking: Is the negative reaction of some fans after a defeat disproportionate given yeah. our goal's position? Kind of sums it up, really. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of is, really. It's, it's it's a silent minority, isn't it? A, a, vo- a vocal minority, rather. It's uh, you do tend to hear the, the the doubters and the negative comments more so than. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy for us to say because we're we're journalists. We want to see Argyle do well, but but we're journalists at the end of the day, and it, and the fans eat, sleep, and drink it, don't they? Sort of thing. So I I, I can understand fans being disappointed after defeat. Of course, I can. Um, but, you know, 75 points, 40 games, second place. Can we guarantee that they won't drop into the playoffs? No, of course we can't. It could happen. 
it would have to take some pretty poor results for it to, to happen. Um, but sitting where we are right now, even after that Accrington game, you know, I've got in a pretty decent position. Uh, Barry, I just want to go back to another point that Mike Lenny made, actually, just going back to the team selection. We, we spoke about the possibility of Sawyer at left-back. Mm. Um, Michael picked up on the fact that Argyle played wing-backs for a while on, on Saturday as well. He did, yeah. He's asking if Jake Jervis could perhaps be switched from a, one of those front three. Obviously, he plays wide on, as one of those three and behind the strikers. Could he perhaps change plays position play as a wing-back? In short, No. But I can see where he's coming from. I think if you look back at the, the Liverpool match away, mm. uh, Jervis started that match, didn't he? Mm. So Jervis, along with Slew, is one of those who actually showed quite a lot of defensive responsibility and tracked back a lot. And from, as we all remember, Argyle were camped in their own the final third for, for, the, for much of the game. So I think he, he, he did show a lot of defensive responsibility on that day. I think longer term, over the course of a run of matches, if you were to change to a, a wing-back system and look to play it over a, a period of time, I'm not too sure he'd be my first pick. Um, I think Threlkeld is possibly a ready-made right wing back. I think he's got the the attacking, the defensive attributes to do it well. He's got the fitness uh, to get up and down that flank. I think he's a ready-made wing back. I mean, that could be a position really well suited to him moving forward as he develops as a footballer. So no, I, I don't think I would put Jervis that far back. I think his his best attributes, and obviously when you're playing against sides in League Two where you're looking to win games and not just defend, I think to get the best out of Jake Jervis, you've got to be moving forward and getting into those attacking positions. Because on his day, he is you know, a very, very threatening right-sided attacker. Yeah, Chris, do you see any, any future for Jake Jervis as a wing-back? Not really, no. I think there's probably players that could, that could do that position. I, I, I think Jake's capable of doing his defensive uh, duties. He did that quite well against Doncaster um, in the, the, the game before last, I thought. But no, not, 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 not really. Okay, one uh, final thing then, moving on to Saturday. Richard Sloman saying that Argyle looks a tired team on Saturday. Does Derek need to freshen it up and change two or three players for Crawley? Players like Slew and Taylor are fresh and ready to come in. I guess we, you know, both of you think that the team is going to change a little bit yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure Ryan, Ryan Taylor will start on Saturday. I'd be very surprised if he didn't. He, he came on and had a great chance near the end, which the keeper made a fantastic mm. save from him. And we haven't mentioned the Accrington keeper. Marek yes, yeah, who, who did make good. two or three really top saves. Um, Richard, I think he's an international goalkeeper, so he's away with Slovakia last yeah, week. He, so he, he, he was yeah. very good, and for 20, he was very good. You know, Richard is a, it sends in regular questions, so thank you very much for that, uh, Richard. I, I, I can't agree they looked a tired team. I'm not saying they played well, but uh, I think the last 10, 15 minutes, Argyle were really forcing the issue, and, uh, you know, Rodak made a couple of good saves. Oscar Threlkeld headed the one down into the ground and over the bar. I've probably had four real good chances. A Songo's header that was tipped over the bar. So Threlkeld, Songo, Carey, Taylor, all in the last 20 minutes. Um, I wouldn't say they looked tired. Um, they certainly lacked a bit of invention for a lot of the game. And then it really got to sort of chucking the ball forward and, and hoping that something would break. And partly through uh, the goalkeeper's efforts, they weren't able to get the equaliser. But I do agree, two, two or three changes with, with Richard. I do think that, that there will be changes. It, it, there's the, there's the perfect, it's the perfect opportunity. You know, if you're not going to change the team after the Accrington game, I'd be, I'd be he's surprised. He's spoken about how lucky he's been with injuries. He's got a very, very fit and healthy mm. squad at the moment by Brunner and Ajaha. I think he's got that many options and it, and it just didn't work on Saturday. I think he'd be mm. 
like Chris says, if he's going to change it, it'll be for Saturday. And you're not having so to, many options. And you're not having to sort of put square pegs in round no, holes as yeah. well, either. You, the changes that we're talking about and we think that might get changed are natural. You know, yeah. Oscar Fraga to right back, natural. Gary Sawyer into left back, natural. Yeah. Songo into the holding role, which he's done pretty well this season. Taylor up front, you know, came in and did well. So it's, it's not. Uh, it sounds as though, you know, Taylor and Spencer, there is preferred choices as that lone striker, but Taylor is better at. Taking the ball in and keeping like, looking after it. Really. Yeah, we, we may even see Tanner back on the bench. You, you, you never know. Yeah. I mean, just put more yeah. pressure on Kennedy. Absolutely, because Tanner's probably the nearest to Kennedy. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. Style, so maybe and he's been out playing in southwestern league football yeah, as well. First place for him. Yeah, so. I mean, I think I think he, he seems to have um, acquitted himself very well, according yeah. to Derek. And the lads haven't shown any sort of ego in those Peninsula League games. So I think this could be the opportunity where we do see changes on the bench as well in the match day 18 as it were yeah so it's likely it's going to be the same sort of formation of the, the 4 2 3 one and I then think away from it it's worked too well to not do it too much yeah yeah i think the next home game is going to be the interesting one then see if it he will, does yeah. change the formation it it will. Will. especially if they don't get a positive result against crawling yeah. off the beard. i mean that will be interesting the next home game well you've got to bear in mind we've got two away games coming up now crawley and portsmouth portsmouth on good friday so by the time you come around to play Newport on Easter Monday at Home Park, which is the penultimate home game of the season, we'll have a lot better idea of uh, how things are shaping up. So we'll see. But uh, like I say, the, Craw- the Crawley game now is the focus. Uh, it's not a bad game to have as well. Crawley at mid-table don't really have anything to play well, for. Well, you could have said the same about Appington maybe. And, and, and well, they're on like such that. a good run, aren't they? They are. On a yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know... We're, Overlooking how well Atkinson did as well, were you? They were on a fantastic run, and sometimes you've got to give the opposition a bit of credit. I think think we gave them a bit of praise in the podcast last week, and um, yeah, I I thought they they did a really good away job. In lots of ways, you could argue that what Atkinson did to Argyle was a little bit like Argyle at at, at Doncaster. Mm. Certainly, when you look at the saves that the keeper made in the last 10 or 15 minutes, you can say, well, you know, how often is a keeper going to make saves like that? But Luke McCormick did that up at Doncaster, so you know. Got to take with the rough, rough with the smooth sometimes, unfortunately. It's as frustrating as it is that Argyle aren't sprinting towards the finish line. I think that's just it. Everyone wants to get over that finish line. Yeah, and that's what, and that comes back to that desperation. Yeah. Everyone, everyone listening to this podcast wants Argyle to get promoted. Now, we all might have different views and opinions on how they're achieving it and how they're getting there and what they could be doing and what they aren't doing and things like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone that's listening to this podcast... Is hoping that Argyle go on and get promotion. And they've been in the top three since the start of September. They deserve promotion, but they've just got to do that extra bit of work to make sure they get over the, the last line. little bit, which is probably the hardest bit. Of the yes, way. yes, yeah. Okay, guys, well, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, and thanks to you out there for listening and sending your questions in. We'll be back again the same time next week to look back on the trip to Crawley. Uh, don't forget, the guys will be doing another web chat on Friday as well, so don't forget to send your questions in for that this coming Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.